0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on
1: 630 Chad. Try right, again. So Shoots and scores! There's 50 from the Harris, he'll throw. He's got a man wide open. Touchdown, Eskimos. Kenny Stafford to the end zone. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Oh, buckle up, everybody. We're going to break some noise bylaws tonight.
0: Into the long weekend we go inside sports on 630 Chet. Friday night football in the Canadian Football League. Eight minutes left in the second quarter. Montreal leading Ottawa 17-8. Montreal at 3-2. They have won three in a row. Ottawa at 2-4. They have lost four in a row. Ottawa's next game after this, right here in Edmonton next Friday, Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. But the Eskimos will play in Calgary tomorrow. Of course we have that one for you. 3.30 for the countdown to kickoff, and the game will start at 5, and we will set that up with Dave Campbell as we roll along tonight. Really appreciate you tuning in. The Blue Jays leading the Orioles 2-0 in the bottom of the third. The Edmonton Prospects get going at 7 o'clock tonight at Remax Field against Yorkton. Now, the Prospects won last night 12-6. Fort McMurray, meanwhile, lost 10-0 to Medicine Hat, so the Prospects, with six games to go, half a game out of a playoff spot as they wind down on the WCBL regular season. We'll keep you updated on the prospects once that one gets underway. The Edmonton Stingers of the Canadian Elite Basketball League make it nine wins in a row building up a lead and hanging on to beat Fraser Valley 108-104 last night. So they are 13-4. and four, Three games left in their regular season and then later this month, the season-ending tournament will be hosted by the Saskatchewan Rattlers. You can text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. Follow me on Twitter at Reid Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S and the email is inside sports at 630 chadcom If you send me an email, you're eligible for a free can Ham. Now, you may remember last night on the show, Kellen Kennedy, you were here working as a studio producer, as you often do. Ah, yes. You were here at the start of the program last night. We had a CFL game in progress, yes. and we had Winnipeg, arguably the best team in the league, leading Toronto, widely considered the worst team in the league, thirteen nothing. While we were talking over the first half hour of the show, the lead extended to 20 to nothing. While this was happening, I basically said that the Toronto Argonauts should be euthanized. Not the individual players and coaches and staff members, I, I just meant the team itself. Get them out of the league. Get them out of the league. Put them in Saskatoon. Put them somewhere where they're going to be at least more appreciated. I, I don't put them in Barhead. I don't care. They could, they'd could they get more fans in Barhead. And of course, what happened in that game, Kellum? Well, <laughs> the, I, the, the Toronto Argos just happened to have won the game in exciting and dramatic fashion uh, by coming back and then scoring a touchdown with whatever it was, 10 seconds left.
1: Well, maybe that's what they need, is just a year to walk out they, on their they, game day. Yes, and just they, they rant. needed a jolt
0: they they did they just needed the wilkie jolt that, yep. that that's all they needed well, well the them. fans that the fans that were there uh were very excited were are very very excited so uh that that was interesting to see good for the argos it it turned out to be a very exciting game this does not change my opinion on that team
1: no of course not
0: but let that leads me to. Tonight's off-topic topic, topic. and I expect from this we will get some very serious, well-thought-out responses, and I certainly expect and hope that we will also perhaps get some humorous responses. Again, texting 630-630, calling 780-496-0063. The off-topic topic topic question is, which Canadian city, town, village, hamlet, municipality, well, we'll leave it at that, (laughs) which which town, city, or village should have a professional sports team in what league and why and what would the team be called? Maybe you do think Barhead should have a CFL team. Maybe you think it's time Prince Albert was in the NBA. Maybe you think Musabin should be in the NFL. I don't know. Because I said last night... Let's reward the province of Saskatchewan and give them a second CFL team. Let's create a rivalry. Let's divide. Doesn't Saskatoon deserve its own team? Would that work? You know what You know what we're going to do? Later on the show tonight, we'll get Jamie Nye on. Mm-hmm. I'll text him, see if we can get him on. Because he uh, used to work here, works at CJME Radio in Regina. And he would know. He would know if they could make that fly in Saskatoon. Another C- Get the Argos out of there. This, we, we even came up with a name last night. The Saskatoon River rats, no better name. The logo writes itself. You got a rat on a river, on a like he'd be on a raft. Right? With the with the long stick, you know, to row. And then the mascot is a rat dressed as a pirate in a little mechanical miniature motorboat in a wading pool. And we already got you have the mascot and the team name and the logo, you're halfway done. Now all you need is players. Uh, I did put out a poll on Twitter last night. A CFL team in Saskatoon would be called. You have 19 minutes left to vote. The choices were berries, which is at 22%, river rats at 31%, but the leading vote-getter, almost 700 people have voted in, in this poll, Rough Riders, number one at 46%. <laughs> now, two words, Rough Riders. None of this one-word Rough Rider for the Regina team. Two words, Rough Riders. That's going to be the winner, barring a, uh, a late surge. I like it. Uh, Don says, Reed, you picked on the Maple Leafs all last winter. Now the Argos leave Toronto alone. <laughs> Did I pick on the Maple Leafs?
1: Maybe like said for numerous
0: times the Maple Leafs were a pretty good hockey
1: team. Maybe, Yeah, maybe for like, I don't know, a couple of weeks in, I don't know, October off the top of the year, that's it. Walter, I just want to acknowledge
0: the, the texter named Walter, that I received your text and I find it extremely humorous. But I, because of the content, I, I'm going to err on the side of caution and not read it on air. But Walter, I'm giving you a little wink and a nudge here. The text did make me laugh. Uh, Calvin and Red Deer says, "Hey, Reed, Kelowna should take the Argos away from Toronto. 145,000 residents plus a huge seasonal tourist base and great weather. Make it happen." That is from Calvin and Red Deer. I, if I ever win a large, a large quantity of money, me and Calvin and Red Deer are bringing a team to Kelowna. That's that's been talked about before. Quebec City's been talked about, and uh, this is just this is just for CFL. But you can go with any uh, any team that you want. I, I just got a team name from this person. No league or, uh, or anything else. But uh, somebody wants a team in Onaway called the Hillbillies. I hope that person's from Onaway. That isn't poking fun at Onaway from afar. That's pretty good. Myrrh the Stamps guy. <laughs> oh, this is great. <laughs> Myrrh the Stamps guy. He's, he's jacked for the game tomorrow, by the way. I wonder if Myrrh the Stamps guy is a little worried. I, I think uh, the Eskimos might be favored tomorrow. Murr, the Stamps guy says, sounds like an episode of Hammy Hamster, which which was a great show. We will continue with the off-topic topic throughout the evening. We're with you until eight o'clock. We get to the uh, serious business of the Battle of Alberta with Dave Campbell when we get back.
1: Subscribe to the Inside Sports podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is six thirty, Chad Inside Sports.
0: All right, we will have some fun tonight on the show, but some serious business with the weather that I I do want to keep an eye on and keep you informed with here. Uh, As of about six minutes ago, there's a tornado watch, a tornado watch in effect for the city of Edmonton, St. Albert, and Sherwood Park. This means that conditions are favorable for the development of severe thunderstorms, which may produce tornadoes, Uh, so be prepared for severe weather take cover immediately and remember in the event of a tornado or if a tornado warning is issued it's recommended that you go indoors to a room on the lowest floor away from outside walls and windows such as a basement bathroom stairwell or uh, interior closet so basically you know you got to be careful to get inside or maybe be in there already and uh and see what happens so also, tornado watches for some other regions uh, around Drayton Valley, Devon, Rimby, and Pigeon Lake, Fort Saskatchewan, Vegreville, Redwater, Smoky Lake, Leduc, Camrose, Batasquin, and uh Spruce Grove, Mournville, Marathorpe, Evansburg. So a lot of Edmonton and the extended region have tornado watches at the moment. Uh, so we'll keep you updated uh, right here on 630 chat as we move along throughout the evening. We're also getting you ready for the Eskimos and the Stampeders tomorrow in calgary and dave campbell is there of course he's the producer of this show and the uh, color analyst for our broadcast dave how are you doing doing great reed and how is it weather wise there was uh, was it a hot one in calgary as well and what are you what are you expecting for tomorrow
2: yeah it was a hot day we got close to 30 uh you know it's more dry conditions uh not really humid i hear it was really humid back home uh, up in Edmonton today, so uh, I'm really, you know, when you said tornado watch, I had no idea, so, you know, you get a kind of a sick feeling in your stomach, so hopefully the, nothing comes of that. Uh, uh, but, yeah, here it's, you know, up thir- to 30 today, it's supposed to be about 25 uh, degrees, supposed to kick off. Uh, it doesn't look like there's any chance of thunderstorms or or rain, but it's it's Calgary and things can change fast here. So it uh, should be great conditions for what should be, uh, hopefully, a very good football team between two good Uh, football game between two good football teams.
0: All right. In terms of of some of the uh, players here who are going to be keys for the Eskimos or or perhaps who we're going to get to know a little bit more about, receiver Greg Ellingson is out. Who exactly is Kevin Elliott?
2: Well, Kevin Elliott has been around the CFL since 2015. And if you remember, uh, I I believe it was a year later um, in 2016, he was part of that three-receiver group in toronto that got released by scott milanovich and and jim barker who were the head coach and gm respectively of the argos with vidal hazelton and uh tory gurley and of course hazelton latched on with the eskimos elliott kind of did the kind of the tour he went to the ticats he was with the red blacks he was with the lions for uh about half season last year had some flashes of uh, brilliance and then uh, last year around october he was signed to the Eskimos' practice roster. Played in the final game of the season against the Bombers. So, um, the, you know, the coaching staff liked this training camp, uh, and he's had a really good week of practice. And you know, Tavares Daniels, I believe, was available to play, but they're going to go with uh, Kevin Elliott here. So, um, that's an interesting decision. You know, I think from Jason Moss, and I think they're, you know, he's probably going on a hunch here. But uh, Kevin Elliott has made plays in the past. I just think his problem has been consistency.
0: Dave. Ellingson was the big-name addition mm-hmm. in the offseason. Well, one of the big-name additions, obviously. Yep. He and Harris, I think, were the the two players that, that came with the most cachet with all the free agent signings. I am wondering, though, I, I, well, I'll put forth my theory, and then all you can right. tell me what you think. <laughs> One-third of the way through the season, mm-hmm. I actually think Ricky Collins Jr. has been the Eskimos' best receiver.
2: Um, best receiver... I would probably have to agree with that as far as, you know, it's tough. I mean, Ellingson has been reliable, but we haven't seen a lot of explosiveness from him except for one game against the BC Lions. You know, he's good when he gets the ball in his hands. He's, I love how he just plants that foot, turns, and he goes up field quickly. Collins Jr. has been really, I think, overall been a, a very fun player to watch. He's had a few drops here and there, but I think he has the best chemistry with Trevor Harrison. His speed is evident when he gets the ball in space. Uh, we saw it again last week. You know the the Eskimos. You know they didn't score a passing touchdown. They haven't done that in three of the last four games. Um, but you can tell that the the chemistry between he and and Trevor Harris was kind of reignited again. So yeah, I think that that's a fair statement. I think Ellington's close behind. You know, Teddy Stafford's dropped too many footballs and. Uh, at at key times, and also he's had some touchdowns taken away, or else you might be saying Kenny Stafford uh, has that moniker. But uh, I think that's a good observation on your part with Ricky Collins and and Trevor Harris, for sure.
0: Well, I just think he's been able to – he's been pretty reliable catching the ball, and it seems to me he runs the most variety of patterns. And I like those players who can go short, who can go medium, or can go long, and we've seen him able to get some yards after the catch as well. He's he's been a pretty good uh, revelation. C.J. Gable's back. Everything's fine with him?
2: Yeah, everything's fine with him. Uh, Full goal this week. He just needed a game off because, you know, he had uh, left the previous three games. Uh, He had left at some point with an injury, then came back. So short week last week, the coaching staff felt he just needs a game off. This is a good week to do it, so he is back. And I know everyone is very excited what Shaq Cooper did, but C.J. Gable is their their number one guy. And I think, you know, from the blocking aspect, along with the, the the running ability and his catching ability, and I think C.J. Gable is definitely the, the the number one choice for this offense. So, but Shaq Cooper definitely gives uh, gives the Eskimos a, a great second option if they need to
1: go to it.
0: Dave Cavill joining us from Calgary, Eskimos and Stampeders tomorrow. Edmonton is 4-12 and in Calgary since 2008. I use 2008 in the starting point because 2007 was the last time Calgary had anything resembling a bad or mediocre team when they were 7-10-1. They've been good right. every year since then. Edmonton 4-12 and in Calgary since 2008, 4-15 and if you factor in the playoffs. And honestly, the home record isn't that much better. Calgary's owned this this rivalry like is 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 there is there still any sort of uh or or has there ever been like a mental hurdle with the eskimos against this team or has it just been that the stamps are are better like how have you looked at it
2: i think overall the stamps have been better but i also remember some labor days where uh Levi mitchell had a mediocre day and the eskimos going to make him pay for it right and the offense had bad days on labor days and and uh, last year, again, I mean, there was a very close game. We finally had a good contested Labor Day because they've usually been blowouts or uh, lopsided affairs going the Stampeders' way. But, you know, last year we saw fumbles and penalties and things like that, you know, in that play in the fourth quarter. So I just always think that the Stampeders have had that aura about them. And I still think to a certain degree, they still have it, even though they have a lot of change and Bolivar Mitchell is injured and Nick Arbuckle has come in and played actually some pretty good football. He's averaging almost 300 yards a game. He leads the league in uh, game winning drives uh, in the fourth quarter with two. To me, it just always seems like the San Peters have always had that veteran savviness that they have found a way to, to pull out uh, a game and also to pull away from the Eskimos. So, uh, you know, I look at this matchup tomorrow and maybe the tables are a little bit, uh, a little bit more even now. Although Trevor Harris, this is his script tonight as far as, uh, opposing teams go. He's 06 and 2 lifetime against the Stampeders. And the personnel has, has changed, but the scheme, you know, schematically, they, they haven't changed very much, even though they have a new defensive coordinator in Brent Monson, who's been on the staff for a number of years, even when Devon Quaybrooks was the defensive coordinator. So, you know, we'll see if the, if the Stamps have that kind of, cachet in that or about them again tomorrow against the the Eskimos because like you say it's been miserable historically for the last you know 11-12 years down in McMahon for the Eskimos.
0: Dave we're just in the final minute here what if anything have the Eskimos said this week about having the worst red zone touchdown conversion rate in the league?
2: Well you know it's funny because I think you know I think Jason Moss has tried to you know Jason Moss is a positive guy but this is one area I think that's bothering him. This team has had penalties in the red zone that's taken away touchdowns. They've had turnovers. They've had dropped passes. They've had the quarterback have the ball slip out of his hands. Um, this is a this is a concern. You know, uh, they have so many yards that they put up every you know every game. They lead the league in average yards. They lead the league in average passing yards. Trevor Harris. Leading passer, leading average passer in the league, and yet he has only 13 touchdown drives led, and that's near the bottom of the league right now. So, this is an area that has to get fixed, and uh, they, they just have to stop making those mental errors. And you know, it's funny. I asked today, I asked Jason Moss today, did you do any red zone work? Extra red zone work. He said no, because it's pretty obvious what's going on, and it's very correctable, and it's really on the players. They're they're making mental busts out there. So. Uh, that's an area that has to, has to get better for sure because this team is just not scoring enough touchdowns lately, and yet they've found they found ways to win over, the, over that stretch as well.
0: All right. Dave, thanks for the update. Have a
2: great call tomorrow, man. I'm looking forward to the game. Thank you very much, and uh, thinking of everyone back home, hopefully this weather situation clears up soon, okay?
0: All right. That's Dave Campbell in Calgary and uh, the city of Edmonton and much of uh, the Edmonton region extending, uh, well, you know, an hour or more in every direction under a tornado watch. We'll keep you updated and we're back after the news.
1: You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins.
0: So one guy is keeping Ottawa in the game against Montreal tonight. The Alouettes lead 17-14 at halftime. Devontae Dedman has a punt return touchdown and a kickoff return touchdown. He Late in the first half, he scored on a punt return touchdown where he did a, a great job. Weaving through uh, traffic, and quite frankly, the Alouettes did a pretty poor job tackling on a couple of occasions. So it is 17-14, Montreal leading Ottawa at the half. The Blue Jays lead the Orioles 3-0 in the fifth. Edmonton prospects coming up at the top of the hour, 7 o'clock at REMAX Field. They will take on Yorkton. They won 12-6 last night, half a game out of a playoff spot with six games left. All home games this weekend. For the Edmonton Prospects, uh, prospectsbaseballclub.com. If you want to check out the schedule, they play at 2 and 7 tomorrow, 2 and 6.30 on Sunday, 2 o'clock on Monday. I should say, for the games on the weekend, they will be separate games. They will not be double-headers, so they're going to clear the stadium in between games. So remember that if you're looking to go to one or more games. We do have the Tornado Watches. In effect, for Edmonton, St. Albert, Sherwood Park, uh, Leduc, Camrose, Metasquin, Fort Saskatchewan, Vegreville, Smoky Lake, Drayton Valley, Devon, Rimby, Pigeon Lake, Spruce Grove, Mournville, Marathorpe, Evansburg. Uh, So we will keep you updated, and this is one of those nights where uh, you are a very valuable resource. Providing information to us, especially if you're any in any of those communities, uh, if you are uh, getting bad weather or you can just keep us updated by texting six thirty six thirty the number to the newsroom seven eight zero four six six news and uh, that 's the best way maybe to let people know what 's coming or what is what is passing. I was looking at the radar and uh, certainly some nasty clouds they they look like on the radar they 're moving kind of to the northwest of Edmonton for for the most part, but obviously things can change quickly. Kellen, we're here in the city southeast. I don't have a great view of the outdoors from where I am. It looks like it's we definitely have cloud cover, but we don't have rain right now.
1: Yeah, we got something I'm just looking out the window here. We got something building up in our, I guess it would be the northwest of the station uh, as my back is kind of facing not true west, but kind of more of a southwest part a portion of uh, Edmonton f- from where I sit, I should say. But uh, yeah, so it looks like there's something building up in the northwest. But uh, yeah, just keep your ears posted to Six Forty Chat. We'll have all the information for you if uh, serious stuff does happen. All right,
0: thanks for that. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three, as well as the uh, is the direct line to the on air studio here. This texture says, Reed, move the Argos to Mundare and call them the meats. I think that's what that says. That'd be all right. The Mundare sausages. Their game slogan could be, we have the meats. (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh, This texture says, uh, hey, Reed, what about an NHL team in Edmonton? Already have an arena. I was wondering how long it was going to take to get that coming in. Nice. I was wondering how long it was going to take to get that. Uh, Murr the Stamps guy says, not worried, I'll bet you a gift certificate to Northern Chicken. Well, Murr, you're on. As if as if Murr is going to, if the Eskimos win, as if Murr is going to go to Northern Chicken and buy me a gift certificate. Like I have gift certificates to give out. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, northchickenyeg.com. Murr really going to go to Northern Chicken, buy a gift certificate, and drop it off at the station. Either way, you're going to have to come to the station, Murr, because I I would leave the gift certificate for you at reception, or if you if you or if you came while I was here, I would hand deliver it to you. I'd like to meet Mur. Mur doesn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> this texture says I am parked at Gun and it is pouring here. So there's a little bit of uh, weather tip coming in. Thank you very much for that. Dylan in Lacombe. He feels Western Canada. Could totally support a Major League Baseball team, most likely in Calgary because baseball is huge in Southern Alberta. That would, uh, that would be interesting for sure. I, I think if Canada ever gets a Major League Baseball team back, it's going to Montreal. Because we still got this plan afoot here that Tampa Bay, the Rays would play part of their season in Tampa, part in Montreal, which I think would lead to a full-time move to Montreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think... I mean, what, what else could we possibly get? We're not going to get... I don't think Canada's ever getting an NFL team. I know Toronto dreams of it. I don't think it's happening. I don't think Canada's ever getting another NBA team. We could get a baseball team in Montreal. Could there one day be an NHL team in Quebec City? Or is that ship sailed? Are they going to be to 32 teams and that'll be it for a long long time? That's a pretty
1: big league. That's a huge league. At 32, I think that would make the NHL, what, the highest no well, NFL's already at 32. Oh, NFL's, NFL's NFL, still NFL's
0: at uh, NFL's at 32. Oh, okay. But uh, we were talking, well, we did get, well, we have some numerous ones. Uh, Brian says the CFL's expansion team, the Saskatoon Combine Pilots. That's pretty good. This texter says, how about the Raymond Preachers in the CFL because they have developed so many good teams. That That's an interesting one. You could, al- you could almost have a team in Raymond where all the players played for Raymond High School. That's been a powerhouse program in uh, Alberta high school football for a long time. That's a very good point. Okay, want to touch a little bit here on uh, some news with Yessi Pouliarvi, the current Edmonton Oilers forward. How much longer will he be one? Well, if he had his way, he already uh, wouldn't be one. But he did, uh, and I'm, I'm relying on Yoni uh, Niemannen, who covers the Oilers, who is is Finnish, And uh, he's translated some stuff from an interview Pugliarvi did with a newspaper while playing at a charity game in Finland. One quote, I want a new start with some other team. Playing in North America is still my goal. I will stay here until I have a contract. I will find a place to play somewhere. And Pugliarvi also said, my body feels like it should. And the operated on hip is better than new. And uh, also, uh, one of the items from the story, Pugliarvi believes he will get traded out of Edmonton by the start of training camp. Oh, man, that is a tough one. It's, uh, again, you, you would think that the new start with the new GM and the new coach would do nothing but benefit Jesse Pugliarvi, but he has still said he wants out. you got to wonder what's going on there, why he just feels he can't be with with that group of players, I mean, does he has he had an issue fitting in with the team? Does he does he not feel that, you know, he's really part of the group? Has 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 he done something to do that? Has is I, I don't know, but so, something kind of stinks with this situation, that he wouldn't sit there and say, all right, you know, it wasn't great with McClellan and Hitchcock, and, and then I got injured, but now there's a new GM, and there's a new coach, so I am gonna try to make this work. It, he he is determined to leave the Oilers. He is 100% determined to leave the Oilers. So there's something going on there beyond just the relationship with the coach and uh, and GM. I don't know if he's going to get his wish. I mean, Ken Holland has has said numerous times, he's in no rush to make the trade. He's only going to do something that's good for the Edmonton Oilers. But a little bit of news there on Yessie Pooley-Arvey. Garvey. is 6.42. We're going to call a quick timeout. We'll check in with our buddy Jamie Nye in Regina.
1: This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All
0: right. This texter to 630, 630 says, he Pugliarvi digging himself into a hole. Holland is a veteran GM. I don't see him sinking to the meds of Pugliarvi. Uh, This texture says, because Pugliavery doesn't want to play here and will play in Finland until a trade is done, do we still pay his contract? Well, he doesn't have a contract with the Oilers, actually. They made a qualifying offer, but he hasn't accepted it. So he is not not under contract to the Edmonton Oilers, uh, but because it works with restricted free agency, the Oilers, you know, have his rights. If another team were to make a qualifying offer, they could match or let him go and get compensated. Uh, Amrit... Says, Quebec City will get an NHL team when one of the other 32 starts drowning. Experiment with the unknown markets and uh, bring them to somewhere profitable when the experiment fails. And uh, Dave Leopard says, hey, Reed, crazy lightning west of Spruce Grove. Uh, I fear Stony Plain is getting hammered with rain again, so we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, Dave also says, P.S., see you later, Pugliarvi, will not miss you. That is a text from Dave Leppard to 630-630. Appreciate the weather updates as well, guys. We're doing a sports show. Uh, we're going to talk sports, but we will update the weather as needed on a night like this. I do appreciate that. You can text 630-630. One of the most interesting stories on the CFL this season, Cody Fajardo, emerging as a star quarterback for the Saskatchewan Rough uh, For more on that and some other storylines, Jamie Nye from CJME Radio in Regina. Jamie, how are you doing?
1: It's nice to be here. We're uh, it's a Queen City X in Regina, so I'm ready to fill up on some Cody Fajardo corn dogs tonight. Oh, does he already have corn
0: dogs named after him? Another 300-yard he passing should. game?
1: <laughs> he should. He celebrated last night. If you see his Twitter account, he celebrated with a good old fair dog, uh, so the uh, exhibition goes from Edmonton to actually Regina that's the direct path uh, after it's done in Edmonton it comes to Regina and Cody Fajardo let us know that he likes carnival dogs after a victory well he
0: deserves to enjoy several of them and he's been pretty good I mean, what a what a journey for the offense and the quarterback position this season i mean Kolaros went down what, what was it 90 seconds into the season and Fajardo's been been great so but i got to ask it to you this way How much of this is uh, Fajardo seizing an opportunity, and maybe how much of this is a a different offensive philosophy with the old defensive head coach Chris Jones gone to the United States? Uh,
1: I I think it is Cody Fajardo being able to do a little more than what Chris Jones was allowing his quarterbacks or wanted from the offense. I think Chris Jones valued his defense so much that he didn't want any mistakes and it was a very guarded offense Uh, but I, I think Cody Fajardo is also a quarterback in the reads there's always deep options in all of Stephen McAdoo's plays even though it doesn't look like it but there always is and Cody Fajardo is somebody who likes utilizing those and looking for those and using his legs to see if something comes open deep rather than the quick five-yard patterns that we got used to last season, one of the most boring offenses the CFL has ever seen. Uh, so I, I think it's a combination of both those things. But uh, Cody Fajardo is reminding me of somebody Edmonton fans know well, which is Mike Riley. He is a tough, tough quarterback. And like Mike Riley, he likes airing it out.
0: Well, the Riders got that sweep of the BC Lions and obviously the win over Hamilton yesterday. So they're they're right in the thick of it and uh, the race is a little more interesting as well with the uh, the loss of uh, Winnipeg losing to Toronto yesterday, which I which I will get to a little bit later on uh, in the conversation. I mean it's 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 interesting because yeah, I mean look Jimmy, like like BC's getting left behind and everybody talks about the year they won the Grey Cup with a poor start. But the reason that we talk about it is because it was so unusual. I mean, usually even in the CFL, you start that poorly. You're you're knocking yourself out of contention pretty early in the season. And I know the Lions surged in the second half last year. I don't know if that's happening this year. I mean, that's an older team. And I don't know if if, if Herbie can make the adept in-season moves like he did last year.
1: Well, well, you have to go back to 2011, and we have to look deeper. And people have to look deeper at that one and six start. They were in, I think, every game. Uh, like they weren't losing like these BC Lions are losing. They, like the, the, the when they were losing, it was a field goal. It was you know losing by a touchdown because the team scored in the last three minutes of the game to get the win. This season, they're just atrocious, and, and the, there there was that feeling in 2011 if they just get a little bit of confidence they can get rolling that's not what i'm getting from these bc lions Uh, they need a whole another turn uh, cycle to go through a season and off season i think before they get things together
0: Battle of Alberta tomorrow. You covered these obviously when you worked at six thirty, Ched. You would have been on the on the sidelines for some games, some of the Labor Day rematches, and other regular season and uh, and playoff showdowns. You, you must have loved that. I mean, I know I know you're kind of off to the side of the Eskimos bench a little bit, but what was that uh, on field reporting experience like for you when it was Edmonton Calgary? Well,
1: it's intense, uh, especially when it was the the. The home game after Labor Day, the Labor Day rematch, and it was always a short week. It was like Monday Saturday or Monday Friday, and and the emotions were still raw. And there's a lot of jawing, and there's a lot of penalties. And uh, I don't think we ever saw like the fight we saw in uh, Labor Day, or what was that in the nineties? Uh, that went a little crazy. You know, but uh, it was it's intense. It's an intense rivalry, and this game uh, is going to be great. It's going to be a great indication. I think the Calgary Stampeders are overrated at 4-2. and two. Uh, I know they're just a hair above 500, but uh, I think they are. I believe the Edmonton Eskimos will go to Calgary and prove that and then go to 5-2 and two and tie Winnipeg for top spot. I know there's some skeptics that, that who has Edmonton really beat Montreal early in Toronto and BC and whoopty ding but uh, I think this is an Eskimo team that dominates at the line of scrimmage. And if you're winning there, you're going to win a lot of football games. So I'm expecting an Edmonton victory. And I, I like this because you get it early. That means there's even more intensity for Labor Day, which means it's even more intense uh, for the third game in the Labor Day rematch.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, well, I'm certainly hoping, and I, and I think this is is the year the Eskimos are actually better than the Stampeders, and I know Bo Levi's out, but you said it. It's the line of scrimmage, and I, 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 you know people say that too. Well, they well who have they beat? They beat the Lions. They beat they beat Montreal. They beat Toronto. Yeah. Well, at the start of the season, people had the Eskimos as bad as the Lions are. So, and now they've turned it around. So, I mean, you got, you got to give them credit. You can only play the schedule you have. And if they split with BC or lose both to BC, then their record's totally different. So, you, you got to be, I, I don't know. I, and in the CFL, everybody plays everybody, right? So, you're going to get that, those guys on the schedule at some point. So, I, I, I don't necessarily buy that. I think the Eskimos have, have earned their record. All right. Last night, Jamie, my show started. And it was already 13 nothing Winnipeg over Toronto. And I basically said that the Toronto organized the Toronto Argonauts uh, need to be euthanized because they're horrible. Now, they somehow won the game, but they're horrible, and, uh, and no one cares. And I said, put them in Saskatoon. Reward the fans in Saskatchewan with another team. I even put out a Twitter poll for what the team should be called. Now, I was being a, a little cheeky but a little serious because the Saskatchewan football fans... Are the best in the country. Could, in anybody's wildest dreams, the city of Saskatoon actually have a CFL team? Could that somehow ever work?
1: Well, your, your wildest dreams uh, are these? Your wildest dreams or realists in Saskatchewan? <laughs> well,
0: well, I'll let you. I'll I'll be the wild dreamer. You can be the realist. You're very good at that. <laughs> yeah, because,
1: sure, wildest dreams, it could work, but. They're the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and there are rider fans that travel down from North Battleford, which is way closer to Saskatoon than Regina. Prince Albert, way closer to Saskatoon than Regina. So, sure, yeah, there would be a CFL team there that would be closer, but are these fans really going to cheer for the uh, like Saskatoon River Rats or the... Uh, what, what were the team names, Yeah, you know, like Combiners? Or uh, well, I, I
0: had Berries. Berries, River Rats, and Rough Riders were the three I put on the poll, yes.
1: Rough <laughs> Riders? Oh, and Saskatoon
0: and Regina Rough yes, Riders. Yes, exactly. That's, that's, that's so two serious. words, though. Yeah, two I'll two, two words for Saskatoon.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the black or the white R uh, on the helmet rather than the the, the, or maybe they get the white S and the Regina Rough Riders get the, the white R now. Uh, but I, I think that, sure, ideally, wouldn't it be great if there was two teams in Saskatchewan? Could that market support all of it? I'm not so sure. Uh, this is a total population of Saskatoon and Regina of 500,000 people, both all in combined. So that's still smaller than Edmonton. It's smaller than Calgary. It's sm- That alone fervent fan base but it's because it's the right it's saskatchewan's team and the rough riders i just don't think saskatoon would you know wrap their arms around a a new team other than hey i don't have to travel two hours to go to a football game
0: okay so let me ask you this then though specifically about uh, about the argos being euthanized what would you sooner have at this point A nine-team CFL with Toronto getting the support that it does or just get the belt of there and go back to an eight-team league like we had for a while and hope one day you get a ninth team in the Maritimes?
1: Uh, You you live with Toronto. You live with it. I I, I don't think uh, the TV market is still decent. Uh, It's not like nobody's watching in southern Ontario. They're just not going to games. Uh, the fan experience isn't there for them to invest. Uh, I think it was actually a big mistake. A lot of people thought BMO was going to be this great thing, but it's it's hard to get there, and you can't take the train like you can straight to the Sky Dome to, to watch. So uh, I think that move actually made things worse because people couldn't get on the train and just go right to downtown and be downtown. Uh, there's not a lot around BMO to, other than when the fair is in town uh, and, and right there. So that's, uh, I think, when in retrospect, it was probably uh, it sounded good at the time, but wasn't a great move other than they were being jerked around by Rogers and the Rogers Center, and they almost had to. So I think you have to live with it. Uh, in Bay Street's there. Uh, you have the CFL head offices in Toronto. And as much as it doesn't look good on TV, there are still people watching in Southern Ontario. So, um, kind of cross your fingers and hope it gets better because can it get much worse than what was there ten thousand there oh wait the cfl's not announcing the attendance in toronto anymore so that's how bad it's gotten and hopefully that's we're at the low point in popularity of the argos
0: jamie it is always a pleasure to have you on the show there is no one i enjoy talking football with more hope you have a great weekend
1: Yep, I'm going to load up on corn dogs and see if I can regain my athletic prowess like Cody Pajardo.
0: Right. Thanks, Jamie. Sounds like a, a great plan for sure. Inside Sports on 630 Chet, uh, we have news and weather coming up. We do have uh, a tornado watch for the city of Edmonton. Uh, we've had some tests, uh, texts about uh, heavy clouds and rain west of Edmonton and uh, apparently quite cloudy northwest Edmonton especially Uh, you can tell us what you are seeing by texting 630 630 or calling our newsroom 780 466 news we're back after the break 630
2: chad inside sports with reed wilkins weekdays at six on 630 chad